Hello and welcome or welcome back to the She Lives Purposely podcast where we aim to encourage and equip you in your walk with Christ to love Jesus, to live for Jesus, and to live purposefully. I am your host, Megan Edmonds, and I am so thankful that you are here. I'm just so glad that you're here. I don't take it lightly. Thank you for being here. So New Year's is coming around and I am usually someone who waits until the new year to start my new goals and things. And while I love, like totally love New Year's for that reason, because it feels like an official fresh start, I've been realizing more and more in this past year that we don't need a new month or even a new week or new year to start fresh. I can start fresh today, especially when it comes to something as important as growing in my relationship with God. My relationship with God is at the center of living purposely. If you're wanting encouragement to grow in God today, not feeling like you have to wait for next week, next month, or in the new year, this episode is for you. Before we jump into it, where I'm just going to basically encourage you in starting today, but also give you practical ways to do that, I want to say if you are looking for a last minute gift, especially one that's geared around encouraging friends and family or whoever you're giving this gift to, I have created five different gift guides for you. I'm going to link that in the show notes. Not all of them. I mean, maybe. I'm sure I feel like companies and brands are always doing like special shipping deals around this time, but I'm not sure if all of them will get by Christmas, but there's definitely quite a few that will. So I encourage you to go and check out that list. It is full of like three three or four out of the five are specifically geared towards encouragement and Christian living. So I encourage you to check those out. I also have one list that's basically just what's on my own Christmas list. So from boots to earrings, the whole, the whole thing. So I encourage you to go check out those lists. If you are still looking for that perfect gift for a friend or family. All right. So first I want to encourage you in starting today. So here's a few encouragements for you to help you just feel like, you know what? I can do this. I can start today. I don't need to wait for next week or the new year. Friend, you get to start today. You get to live a life that matters today. Not only shouldn't you wait, but you don't have to wait. You have the privilege of having a life that matters every single day. Your life and what you do in it, your day today matters. It matters today. So I just think that's so powerful to really recognize, switch it from like, all right, I should do something. Maybe I should do it today or I have to do it today, but no, you get to do it today. You get to transform or do different things or add new things in or really stay consistent today. You get to make that change because It's just so powerful to know that like your life actually has an impact. The way you live it actually has an impact. And that doesn't just apply when the new year starts. That applies today. Two, a big part of this kind of idea that, you know what, I can start today and not next year is that we have new morning mercies. Lamentations 3 tells us that God's mercies are new every morning so you can start fresh today. And two, just another encouragement for you is that you get to have a head start. So by the time New Year's rolls around, you're hopefully even maybe in a rhythm or at least you're forming more habits, even if it's a little inconsistent, that's totally okay. Um, But you're in a rhythm or you're forming habits. And then this 
one other encouragement is a big one for me. I don't know about you and kind of jumping off a forming habits idea, but I think it's important to take the pressure off of perfection. Sometimes New Year's can do that. With resolutions, if we miss a day, then we totally failed. But that is not the Lord's heart when it comes to growing in Him. So instead, let's take the pressure off of being perfect and having perfection. And I think in doing that, it's less intimidating to commit and more freeing to start right now. Instead, let's focus on forming habits that can look like adding things into your life that even if you don't start, do it every single day, you can still build on those things, incorporate those things, and kind of form habits instead of expecting perfection so that if you fail on day 20 or even day two, totally guilty, that you can't continue that. No, when we're forming habits, even if we, you know, fall back or whatever it is, we can continue to build those things. And then one other encouragement that I have for you, this one's a little bit more serious, but it is important. Friend, we don't know what tomorrow holds. James tells us, come now, you who say tomorrow, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. And that can be a scary idea, you know, that we don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. But in Matthew 6, we're called to just focus on today when it comes to our worries. So friend, let's embrace today, knowing that this is what we have. And for everything else, our God who loves and cares for us, he goes before us. But we are responsible for what we do today. So let's make the changes that we want to. We can start new routines, whatever it is you know, make it intentional to grow in our walk with the Lord, we can start that. Or if we've been trying to and we feel like we can't be consistent at it, we can continue that and start afresh today. So here are a few ways that you can start today. Um, just a few things to really kind of uplift you in your pursuit of Jesus and growing in your walk with the Lord instead of waiting for a couple weeks from now. And these are things too, you can implement weeks from now, but they're also things that you can start right now too. So the first one is swapping out your secular music for Christian music or worship. I have an old She Lives Purposely playlist and it needs major updating, but maybe I'll do that. And um, if I do, I will share it here too. But music is so powerful and what we take in really matters. Even if we're passively listening, you know, things like that, it does impact our mindsets and our hearts. So it really is important what we're taking in. And so making that swap can be a great thing. For me, I'm more of a podcast listener than I am a music listener. So something I have been trying to do is adding in more and more encouraging and biblical podcasts and even reducing some other podcasts that are just bringing me down. Even if it's like a news podcast, things like that. There was a time when I was really flooding myself with like news commentary podcasts and I really noticed just anxiety and different things. It just wasn't healthy. So weaning those out and adding in more encouraging biblical podcasts. And so the same thing is true for music. So let me know, you know what, let me know if you would like me to create a playlist, um, comment on Spotify or YouTube or DM me, whatever it is. Let me know if you want me to create a playlist and I will get to that so that you have that. Um, to kind of help you out there and, and kind of make that swap of good 
Christian and or worship music instead of just anything else. And I'm not trying to say either, let's put this disclaimer out there because I don't want any confusion in this, that there is condemnation in listening to music that is not Christian or worship. I do, you know, like I have, I'm not trying to say that you can't do that, but I am saying that maybe if let's say that you listen to it way more than you listen to Christian or worship, or let's say that you're noticing in your own heart, the effects that it's having, or, you know, you just want to make at least kind of this gesture or temporary thing to see what it does in your own life. I think it's a good idea to make that swap, but I'm not at all here to say that you must, or that that's command of the Lord or anything like that whatsoever. And I want to make that very, very, very clear. Just, just going to put that out there right now. Okay. The num the next thing that I want to share as just a practical way to start today in like growing in your relationship with the Lord is start implementing prayer throughout your day, even if it's just casually. So in this, we are bringing this charge to pray without ceasing to life. It doesn't have to be super long and super loud. You know, it can be a habit in things that, you know, are just happening throughout the day. If you're feeling anxiety, you can pray in your heart. If something good happens, you can thank the Lord in your heart. Um, I first started doing this when I was in college. So when I was driving to school, I went to a few different colleges, actually. Um, I went to a Bible college, a community college, and then a university near, near my home. And so when I was driving to the community college, I would pray during that drive and listen to worship during that drive. When I was on the train, I actually, going to the university, I actually had a notebook with a whole list of different prayer requests for other people, for myself, for different things. And I would take the whole train ride and pray for those things for other people. So it's kind of just a place where you're like, all right, I don't have time in the morning before this to spend like so much time in prayer. That's not really what I am saying we need to do, even though that would be fantastic, but that's just not realistic for, I think, a lot of people. <laughs> um, so incorporating it in your day, in your commute maybe, or just, you know, if you're making dinner, you are even working in just different things and just saying these short little prayers and just incorporating the praying without ceasing throughout your day can be a really great way to just make sure that the Lord is front of mind and top of mind. I think that's really powerful. Another thing is to spend dedicated time with Jesus. And, um, this is going to look different for everybody. Just in, I think it was last week's episode or two weeks ago, we had a Dear Meg question of somebody who felt like she was really struggling because she's a mom of three and just has less time than she used to. So this is going to look different for everybody in different seasons. And maybe like what my routine looks like right now is not applicable to you, or it won't be applicable to me in a couple of years. You know, who knows? Or what might what my time a couple years ago, you know, might look different than it does now. It's going to look different. It's going to shift, but spending dedicated time with Jesus is so important and it's so beautiful, whatever that looks like for you. Maybe some days that looks like, you know what? I have five minutes, literally just five, and I'm going to dedicate that to spending time with Jesus, reading a devotional, opening up his word, spending time in prayer, like specifically dedicated, just being quiet with him. And maybe it looks like I actually have a good hour right now and I am going to really pour into scripture. Um, you know, there's different ways that we can do that, but spending dedicated time with Jesus is so important right now for me, that looks like in the mornings, usually I'll put breakfast together. Sometimes I'll make a decaf coffee. Um, and I will sit on our little sofa that we have. And usually at the same time, Donnie is sitting at our kitchen table doing spending time with the Lord as well. 
and like I have my water, decaf coffee, breakfast, um, and then I will open up his word there. So I'll pray and then I am usually pretty much always going through something. So I like to go think through things verse by verse instead of just cherry picking every single day something different just because it helps to have the whole context. So I'll go through a whole book of the Bible or different things like that. And so that day, whether it's a few verses, a whole chapter, a couple chapters, I am reading and praying over different things and journaling those things out. So that's what my time with the Lord looks like. And I am so thankful and blessed that right now I have a really flexible schedule. I am not commuting. Um, there's not a time that I'm clocking in for somebody else. And so I have the freedom and flexibility to dedicate time, like big time to the Lord. And honestly, I should probably dedicate even more time because I do have those blessings and benefits like right there. But again, I just want to reemphasize, maybe your routine doesn't look like that right now. And there's no condemnation in that. Again, everybody's is going to be different. And I'm sure in a couple of years, maybe mine will even look different too. Um, just different seasons. And so I want to encourage you with that too, but spend dedicated time with Jesus in whatever way that you can. That's so important. Morning, noon, night, whenever that can be. Um, yeah, it's, it's really important. Have you ever asked yourself, who am I? Your identity is more than your relationship status, your job title, or your physical appearance. But can you say exactly what it is? If you're looking to find biblical answers to tough questions like this one, I have just the thing for you. Yarrow helps guide you through the Bible so you can know what it says and what it means for your actual life. With beautifully designed print books, it's never been easier to connect God's word to your life. Yarrow's Bible studies help me to be rooted in scripture, grow in Christ, and find the answers to life's toughest questions. Their new Bible study, Known, a study of identity part one, guides you through chapters in Genesis, Psalms, Job, and Ephesians, and challenges you to apply God's word to your life through journaling prompts, mindfulness exercises, community, and more. It's time to look to scripture to better understand your spiritual identity. Order Yarrow's Bible study guide known a study of identity part one and start digging deeper today visit www.yaro.org and use my discount code she lives purposefully for 10 percent off your purchase that's www.yaro.org and the code she lives purposefully for 10 percent off your purchase okay one other practical encouragement for you is to take a moment or five, to reflect on things that you haven't surrendered to the Lord. And this is a little bit trickier, but this is something that you really could do probably right now, depending on however you're listening. Maybe you're cooking, maybe you are, you know, cleaning, maybe you're driving, whatever it is. Um, you could do this right now. So maybe there are sins in your life that you haven't surrendered to the Lord and you haven't, you know, put down and cast aside. Maybe there are worries in your life that you haven't, you know, cast your burdens on the Lord because he cares for you. And you know what? I really get it. That's something that I really, really struggle with is holding all of my worries. Maybe it's control that you haven't surrendered that to the Lord and trusting him with how your life is going to play out. I really can sympathize with just all of these too. But think on those things, reflect on those things, and ask God to work in those things and be intentional to stop sin, to obey God, to cast your cares on him, to get serious about the weights in your life. Hebrews 12.1 says, 
Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So lay every weight and sin aside. They cling so closely, but we'll wait or lay them aside. And that will allow us to run with endurance the race that is set before us. So I encourage you to think about the things in your life that you're not surrendered, surrendering and not in a way that's condemning because friend, we all have those things that we are not surrendering. We all have those things that it's hard for us to lay down, but in a way that says, you know what, Lord, here are these things. You already know them. You already know what they are. And maybe it's really hard for me to surrender them, but I'm asking that you will help me to surrender them. I'm asking that you will help me to obey you, to stop sin, to cast my cares on you, whatever that may be. Help me to do this. I can't do it alone. And I'm going to choose to walk in these ways and to really cast them at your feet. And that may look like, you know what, every hour or every day or every week or whatever it is, re-coming to the Lord and being like, you know what, Lord, I need to do this again because I didn't obey you or I'm holding on to all these anxieties and these fears and control and worries and things and I need to surrender them again. And so that can be a routine thing. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus for any of those things. And he wants us to draw near to the throne of grace and he can sympathize with our weakness. So go to him, surrender those things. And that's a really powerful way to really start growing in your walk with the Lord. Because again, once we lay those aside, then we can run with endurance. But we can't run with endurance if we're carrying the weights of the world, whether it's sin, whether it's even shame and different things that we can cast off, whether it's worries and cares and anxieties, fear, whatever. If we're carrying all these things that are so closely clinging to us, even if it's just, you know, the pride of life and just wanting the things of the world, then we're not going to be able to run quickly and run fast and run with endurance, even if it's not quick, but, you know, with endurance, um, if we're, you know, burdened and, and holding all of that. So I encourage you to do that one too. I would love to hear which of these ways you're going to continue um, growing in God or other ways that you're drawing near to him. By no means are these the only ways. And again, going back to like the worship swapping out that music by no means are these things that it's like, you know what, you have to do them. Some of them, yeah, some of them are actually commands, like casting aside those things and running with endurance. Um, but some of them are definitely not. So I don't want you to feel any condemnation, any of those ways. And I would love to hear other ways that you are drawing near to the Lord too. Um, if you share this episode on social media, be sure to tag me so I can see it and let me know too what you thought about the different ways and what you're doing. Comment on Spotify or on YouTube. I would love to know what you're doing to grow in your walk with the Lord or which of these ways impacted you the most. So before our dear Meg, I do want to say that we are actually not going to have new episodes for the next two weeks. So just for the rest of December, the next two weeks, there is a fun change coming that I am excited to share about, um, but I will share with it with you after two weeks. It will kind of have come out. Um, nothing, you know, too crazy, but just an exciting new thing, kind of mixing things up. And I'm really excited. I think you're absolutely going to love it. So I am, yeah, just giddy to share it. But all that to say, I am working on that. And so there will not be new episodes for the next 
two weeks. I will miss you guys so much, but there are plenty of episodes to binge as well. And there is content on Instagram. There's still going to be encouraging um, emails going out. So I encourage you to hop on those things too. Also a reminder to jump on that gift guide if that's something that you're interested in. Now it is time for Dear Meg. This question is so powerful and I think that more of us need it than we think. You know, I think we, I'm just going to read the question and then I'll explain what I'm saying. All right. How do you get past the guilt and discomfort after making the same sin you already repented from? And then she added, I love your podcast, by the way, with a smiley face. That's really sweet. But how do you get past the guilt and discomfort after making the same sin you already repented from? And so now that I've read the question, I, I want to say, if you feel this way, you are not alone in it. And I really think that there are more Christians than we think who struggle with the shame and guilt and discomfort of this exact thing. Um, and so I actually want to encourage you with that. You are not alone whatsoever. And I also want to encourage you with this, and this would be my answer. This is actually crazy that I'm recording this today because last night we kind of talked about, talked about almost this exact thing at a Bible study that I went to. So I want to encourage you with it. In 1 John, it talks about how, you know, we need to be walking in the light and how if we are walking in darkness and we say we know him, we know those two things can't be true. And... I think when we hear something like that, we can feel like, oh my goodness, but if I have sinned, then that means that I'm not walking in the light. And then we can have this spiral of condemnation. But it also says in 1 John, did I say 1 James before? It was 1 John. If I, you know what? And if I said 1 James, which maybe I even didn't, but last night when, when my husband and I were talking about it after Bible study, I said 1 James too. So anyway, 1 John, um, later on in that as well, It talks about how, but if we say that we are without sin, then we are lying and we make God a liar as well. And it talks about too, how we can come to Christ. He is an advocate for us. And so basically we were talking about this whole time that, you know, we are called to walk in light and we are called to not sin and we don't have to sin. It actually says that in first John as well. You know, he's saying all these things. So we don't sin. That's an option that we don't have to sin, which is so beautiful. And I think sometimes we can think, you know what, like it's inevitable that at one point we're going to sin, but we don't have to sin. And that's really cool. But again, you know, like, like the verse says, eventually we are going to, we are human beings. And if we say we are without sin, then we are making him a liar. We are also lying. And all of that to say is that we get to have Jesus who is an advocate and really walking in the light. If it doesn't mean perfection and being with Jesus, like if we're having that relationship, relationship with him doesn't mean perfection, which clearly first John says, like, we are not going to be perfect. Then what does it mean? It really can mean a heart of repentance and constantly coming to the Lord to repent of the things that we are sinning from. And so it's almost this cycle of, you know what, like I am choosing to walk in your ways. And then maybe, you know what, I sinned and I fell short. And maybe like this person asked, it's something that I already repented of. And that can be so frustrating for us, but the Lord already knew we were going to do it. And so he made a way. And so we said, we're going to follow the Lord. We sinned and we fell short, fell short. 
And now we get to come to our advocate, our great high priest, who in Hebrews 4, it says that he can sympathize with our weakness so we can come boldly before the throne of grace. That's so powerful. So now we've come boldly before the throne of grace. We have repented of our sin. The Lord has forgiven us. We are washed in the blood and he sees us white as as snow, totally clean with nothing. You know, if this was a courtroom, our... Our punishment is gone. Jesus paid it. And so now we can continue to walk with the Lord. And you know what? That might be a cycle in some things. There are going to be sins in our life. We're just going to, we're human beings. We're going to sin. That does not mean, number one, there's so many thoughts in my head right now. Number one, that does not mean that the Lord cannot conquer sin. He can cleanse us of sin. He does cleanse us of sin. And he can transform our hearts and minds. And that's so important to know. That is good news. That's the good news of the gospel. The Lord can save us from sin and transform us. But if we do sin, like exactly like it says in 1 John, I'm saying these things so you don't sin, but if you do, you have an advocate. So I think the biggest encouragement here, if you are someone who's feeling guilt and shame and discomfort and maybe even frustration, I just sinned, I just repented of this and I sinned again and I did it again. I'm repenting of it and then maybe I did it again and I'm so frustrated Know, number one, that the Lord already knew you were going to sin and he decided to save you anyway. He decided to die for your sins anyway. And number two, that a part of walking in light is actually coming to him and repenting of those things. He does not expect perfection from you. That's why he came and died. He knew that we couldn't do it. But he does want us to come to him. And then like in Hebrews 4, he actually like really wants us to come to him. He's not annoyed when we come to him. He's not like, ugh. I can't believe she like messed up again. That's so frustrating. I can't believe she didn't hold it together this time or whatever sin that might look like in your life. I can't believe that she didn't succeed in this. He said, come to me, come boldly before the throne of grace because I am your high priest who can sympathize with your weakness. He wants us to come to him. And I just want to encourage you with that. I think that knowing that he loves you, he already knew what you were going to do and that he wants you to come to him He wants to make you new. He wants you to repent and know too that you can come boldly and that you can walk with him. And I think so often Satan tries to keep us in sin. He wants us to sin. He draws us to sin. And then after we do, he keeps us in shame and he doesn't want us to go back to the Lord. He says, no, you can't come boldly. Who do you think you are? I can't believe that you did this. Like the Lord is going to be so annoyed at you. You don't deserve to come boldly before the throne of grace. You don't deserve to walk with the Lord. The Lord is going to stiff arm you right now because you keep sinning. You keep doing this thing that you've repented of and you can't conquer it. And that is Satan's message to us. But the Lord says, I already knew. I already died for you. I already saved you. Come boldly before the throne of grace. You know what? In and of our own self, we are not worthy, but the Lord said that we can come boldly. So we can come boldly. No matter what we've done, we can say, you know what? I can come boldly before the throne of grace and receive help in time of need and be forgiven and walk with the Lord. And if I do that sin again that I repented of, I can come before him and I can repent again. The Lord loves you so much. And I feel like that was a whole rant for this question, but it is just something that is so on my heart. Again, I think more Christians than we see on Instagram, 
then display, you know, however they display themselves. I think so many Christians struggle with this and we need to know that the Lord loves us so much and that he wants us to repent. Yes, he wants us to obey, but he knows that we're not perfect and that we're going to have to come to him for repentance. And he says, come boldly, come boldly before the throne of grace, not of a stiff arm, not of annoyance, not of, you know what you need to now. Cause you need to, I'm like annoyed, but you know, you have to be clean. So he says, come boldly before the throne of grace. So you can receive help in time of need. And I just feel like that's, that's just so powerful. So I hope that that is an encouragement for you. If you are saved, you are his, you are white as snow already, period. It's important that we repent of our sins and come before him, but your sin is does not mean that the Lord doesn't love you. It does not mean that you are not his. If you have come and you have claimed him as your Lord and savior and you believe in Jesus Christ, you are his period. And even if you do continue to sin, you're his. You're, you're washed white as snow, period. But repentance is an important part of walking in the light and living with Jesus. So repent. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He already knew and he loves you so much and he just wants to bring you into his arms. Oh, and all of that, that is what the Lord has to say to you. And I hope that that was an encouragement. Um, I hope it wasn't too much of a ramble. It's just something that I am very passionate about. And so, yeah, I hope that was an encouragement to you. I hope this episode was an encouragement just as we continue to walk in the ways of the Lord, different things that we can cast aside, things that we can add into our own lives, and just this mentality that we can start today. We don't have to start when the new year starts. We don't have to start next week. Today, there is new mercy today. And I hope that's encouraging Encouraging for you. Friend, if you like this episode, please let me know, comment, whatever it is, share it on your social media. If you do, be sure to tag me. And two, the best way that you can love on this podcast is to take 30 seconds and to leave a five-star rating. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, which is like the main podcast platform, be sure to, to leave a review. I read all the reviews. I'm so thankful for them. Um, and also be sure to hit that like or subscribe button wherever you're listening from, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify or YouTube. Friend, thank you so much for being here. I am so thankful for you. I hope that you are encouraged in this space. Love Jesus. Live for Jesus. Let's do this together. Let's live life purposefully.